Hello, friends, and thanks for downloading another weekly episode of the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance author, speaker, and consumer advocate who's been producing this show since 2008. One of the themes that you've probably heard me talk about a lot is credit and maintaining good credit. It really is a cornerstone of having a healthy financial life. But what I find is that many people just don't pay attention to their credit until it's too late. You might get denied for a loan or credit card or even find that you've become the victim of identity theft because you really were not paying attention to your credit. Or maybe you are paying attention to your credit and it's just moving along at a snail's pace and it's just not increasing and improving as quickly as you'd like. So instead of keeping credit a mystery, what I like to do is make sure that you understand how it works, you know, kind of what's going on under the hood of that magical, mysterious credit score. And if you don't understand how your credit scores are calculated and how to boost them, you're at a big, serious financial disadvantage, in my opinion. So this show is for you if you're interested in raising your credit scores or you're just interested in learning more or you anticipate having a big purchase down the road. Maybe a home or a car is in your future. So for today's show, I interviewed Rod Griffin. He's been working in the credit industry for decades. Rod is the Director of Consumer Education and Awareness for Experian, which you've heard me mention them a lot before. They're one of the largest nationwide credit reporting agencies. Rod was named the 2016 Educator of the Year by the Institute of Financial Literacy, so that's quite an honor. And he's got a great mission that I just love. Rod's mission is to empower consumers to become more financially capable through education and advocacy. So a guy after my own heart, for sure. So on the podcast today, Rod and I talk about how consumers can better manage their credit and even raise their scores instantly with a brand new offering from Experian called Experian Boost. I had heard about this, but really wasn't sure how it worked exactly. So we talk a lot about Boost. We also answer a listener question about building credit, and we cover a variety of topics, including who's a good candidate for Experian Boost and how to sign up for free. We talk about the best way to prepare your credit ahead of a big purchase. We talk tips for using a credit fraud alert a credit freeze, and a credit lock. And as I mentioned, we're going to answer a listener question. It's about opening and closing a loan quickly to build credit. And so we talk about how that works or doesn't work. We talk about some often overlooked and money-saving benefits of having good credit, the relationship between credit and your auto and home insurance rates, how changes in unpaid and paid medical debt appear on your credit reports, and why your credit really should not be a mystery when you are applying for a new credit account. So we cover all of that and more in today's episode, which is number 594, which is called How to Raise Your FICO Credit Score Instantly and for Free. Okay, I hope you enjoy my interview with credit expert Rod Griffin. Rod, thank you so much for joining me once again on the Money Girl podcast. Laura, thanks for having me. It's always good to be here. It's been too long. I know. Tell me a little bit about what is going on with Experian these days. I know you've been there a long time. Has it been something like over 22 years I saw on your LinkedIn profile? 
Yeah, it doesn't seem possible. I was young and had no gray hair when I started, but uh, been around a while, and it's it's really exciting. And now is maybe the most exciting time I've I've had with the the company and in our industry. It's really awesome in the fact that experience focuses on financial inclusion and helping people become more financially successful. And I, and everything we're doing is now focused on, on that specifically, you know, how do we help people gain access to quality credit and improve their financial standing and become more financially successful. So for my passion, it's really exciting. Yeah, I feel like you guys are really leading the pack where that's concerned. So if somebody is listening who has never heard of Experian, give us just a little overview on what you are. I mean, obviously, you are a consumer credit reporting company. But, you know, what what else do you do? It's a huge company. We are, uh, to use our boilerplate, the world's largest information services company. We work in 40 different countries. And not just in credit reporting. Uh, we are actually a, a UK company. Our global headquarters are in, in London. Uh, and we provide information services that range from credit reporting and scoring to fraud and identity theft prevention, detection and resolution to automotive history reporting. So if you're going to buy a used car, Experian actually has a automotive history report that was a National Auto Dealers Association preferred report. Uh, so best in the industry, a marketing services division that helps companies determine things like how do we gain customers, how do we provide better customer service, how do we market effectively to them and provide offers that they want as opposed to uh, you know, junk mail. We don't want to send junk mail if we can help it. Uh, we want it to be offers that people are interested in and we help companies make those connections. Uh, so we have a medical information uh, services division that actually helps hospitals and medic- medical care providers manage their, their revenue management, cash flow management systems. So not really about the consumer side of things entirely. It's it's about how do we help businesses manage information and use information to connect with people? And how do we help people connect with business and facilitate that? We want to be the partner in that relationship. Well, getting back to the consumer side, we mentioned earlier before we went on air about a a brand new product that you all have rolled out called Experian Boost. And I thought this sounded so interesting, and I, I thought it would be great if you would explain to us what it is, how it helps, and how the listeners can sign up for this. Experian Boost is the most exciting thing that we've done in years. Uh, And it's a service that lets you as a consumer add your positive utility payments, so things like natural gas or electricity, potentially water, uh, or your cell phone payments, so your your telecom uh, relationships or your on-time cell phone payments, even things like potentially your cable television payments to your credit report to help boost your credit scores. Uh, People often ask me, why is it that if I don't pay my cell phone bill on time, a collection account might come to my credit report and it can hurt me. If I make my cell phone payments on time every single time, it doesn't help. So we changed that. And we've done it by giving people choice and control over that information. Uh, And that's also a, a first in our industry. 
As a consumer, all you have to do is go to experian.com slash boost and follow the instructions. You'll provide information. What we will do is, with your permission, we'll go to the checking account or savings account, your bank account, that you make your utility payment through or your cell phone payment through each month capture that payment, pull it into your credit report like an account and report that in your credit history. And we'll be able to go back up to 24 months and help boost those scores. And what's really awesome is that what we're seeing is people who go through boost are seeing score increases of 10 points or more on average. And I actually have seen people, there was one person I talked to that did it and their score went up 33 points uh, and it's instant and it's free. So really cool program. Wow. So tell me who might be a good candidate for this program. I mean, if somebody is, let's say, a little older and they've got a pretty nice, rich credit file, are they going to benefit? Or do you feel like it's really more for folks that are kind of building credit from scratch and are looking to maybe boost their credit ahead of a big purchase like a mortgage or a car loan? We're actually seeing everybody benefit potentially. But people who will benefit the most are, are people with what we call thin files or credit histories with fewer than five accounts or people with credit scores of 680 or lower. Uh, and the reason is that those are the people who are building their credit, like you mentioned, for the first time quite often. They're new to credit and they just don't have enough information in the credit report for the scores to be higher. And so by adding those positive payments, which we've done tons of research around, it shows that you are a good credit risk. It gives information that helps businesses and lenders predict that risk more effectively and so helps those people more. So the lower your scores are, if you're doing the right things, the more improvement you'll see. Uh, But it doesn't mean if you have strong scores that they might get a little better too. And how far in advance should someone be concerned about their credit? Let's say they're going for a big mortgage, they're going for a a car loan, you know, they're really looking ahead to a purchase. How far in advance would you say it makes sense to begin, you know, working on it? I mean, obviously, we all want the best credit we can get all year round. But let's say we know we've got a big purchase coming up. I mean, can you really make a difference? And let's say, you know, six months? Or is it going to take a full 12 months to really see your scores creep up to make a difference? I think you've heard me say this before, but the answer to every credit reporting question is it depends. And it really depends on the individual situation. But we always recommend you start at least three months, if not six months before you are planning to apply. Check your credit report. You can get it for free once every 12 months at annualcreditreport.com. But give yourself three to six months at a minimum the bigger the purchase, the longer. Uh, if you have really strong scores, you're probably okay. Uh, but if you have scores that need work, it's going to take some time. Uh, and that's another thing about Boost, that's Experian Boost that's exciting, is that it's instant. So when you go through that process, we will give you a free FICO 8 score at the start and show you where you, you are. And then when you complete the process, and it just takes a few minutes, we'll give you a new FICO 8 score showing what's improved or if you've improved. And for most, two out of three people see improvement. So that could be instant. So if you're close, boost might get you over that hurdle. Um, But generally, give yourself three to six months so that you can make sure everything in your report's complete, that there aren't any signs of fraud or IT theft or things that you need to address. That'll give you time. But uh, if you had some serious issues, might take longer. 
You mentioned identity theft. That's always a hot topic. What kind of trends are you seeing when it comes to identity theft and, and cybercrime in general? Well, we all hear about breaches all, of, all the time. And so that's always a concern. And, you know, If you get a breach notice, respond to it. Make sure that you take the action that's recommended by the lender. Um, you know, so more and more often we're seeing breaches that uh, you know, are, are trying to capture lots of information about lots and lots of consumers. Uh, but still the same kinds of old stuff applies. You know, so if you're, you have documents that you're throwing in the trash, they're still stealing the trash to pull out your identifying information and use it to try to apply for, for uh, fraudulent credit accounts. They're still using uh, what we call skimmers. So if you're buying gas at a gas pump, make sure that there's not a, a device attached to your credit card reader to the credit card reader because they'll capture your credit card information or your debit card information along with passwords and they can steal the information. So some of the same things we're still seeing. Um, but at the same time, we're doing more to help protect people, too, and making options available. So with Experian, for example, you can add a free fraud alert. Um, I actually just did this two days ago because someone got my identifying information and tried to open an account in my name. Uh, so I've gone through the dispute process, added a fraud alert to my credit reports, go to Experian.com slash fraud, and you can do that for free. We'll give you a free credit report, and you can dispute. You can also freeze your credit file now at no cost and then lift the freeze and put it back at no cost so it's free to do. If it's the right thing for you, uh, you may hear about that. We'll issue you a PIN number, and anytime you want to apply for credit, you'll need to first lift that freeze. And the caution I always have there is it does not prevent identity theft. So it doesn't prevent someone from stealing your identity. It only is triggered if someone uses that stolen identity to apply for credit. So be aware that you still have to be cautious. You're not safe from identity theft, but it's a, a step that might make sense for you. Um, Experian also offers a lock. So if you subscribe to our monitoring services, you can use your cell phone to lock and unlock your Experian credit report. Uh, so there are different services now than there were, making it a lot easier for people to help protect themselves. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, You'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rod, would you help me with a listener question uh, before we go? Absolutely. 
Okay, here's one from Gawick B. And I hope I'm saying her or his name correctly, Gawick. Um, He or she says, my little sister, who is age 20, is new to credit. As far as I know, she has a retail store card and a car loan. I'm not sure how long she's had the retail credit card, but let's assume a couple of years with a small credit limit. She just told me yesterday that she took out a loan for a few thousand dollars. She had the money to pay for whatever she was trying to buy, but decided to take out a loan to help her build credit. However, she says her goal is to pay it off in about three months or less. From everything Money Girl has taught me, isn't this going to hurt her credit due to the new credit inquiry, opening the account, and her goal of closing the account in less than three months? I don't know. Rod, what do you think? Is this a good idea? Is she going to accomplish anything by opening that loan and then closing it within three months? It depends. I think I said that earlier. Uh, so, um, it, you know, the everybody worries about inquiries, and I tell people I don't. Uh, the impact of opening a, of an inquiry on an account when you apply is minimal, and will go away within a couple of months because it's clear you haven't done anything that's negative. You just apply for a new account. Uh, so. I wouldn't worry about the inquiry itself, and that's usually just you know three, four, five points, maybe ten at most, uh, and only for a couple of months. So from that perspective, wouldn't worry about that piece. Once she's opened the loan, uh, you need to have three to six months of payment history with that account, showing you're paying it on time before it can impact credit score. So in that sense, if you pay it off, uh, you're probably you're not going to see a lot of impact from a payment history on that score. Uh, that said, if you make those payments on time, still will be a positive over the long term. Uh, so I don't think it will hurt. Uh, when she opens the account, when you first have a new account added to a report, you'll also typically see your scores dip a bit until the first couple of billing cycles have gone by so that you show you're paying it on time because you now have this new balance and it's not clear if you'll manage it well. So scores can go down. So it depends. Uh, you know, she pays it well, pays it off, and there's no pre no prepayment penalty. Another thing to think about might cost her more money. Uh, it has nothing really to do with the credit report, but you know, making those payments on time over time will help. Having a paid account, zero balance, and no negative history can be a positive too. So it just depends on her credit history. Uh, it sounds like she just needs to keep doing what she's doing uh, with her other accounts. If she's making those payments on time, making a small purchase with the credit card, paying it in full each month keeping that balance low, uh, I think, and making those car payments on time. Her scores are going to be fine. She just needs to be patient and give it time. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe keep keep it at least six months might be the uh, the advice here if you're going to pay it off early, uh, just to give it the opportunity to show up and affect your score positively. And uh, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah. you know, as long as she, and she's already got a car loan, so she's already got an installment loan, you know, in the mix with her credit card. Um, so, you know, yeah, not not something that's going to be a, a huge leap for her. But as you said, it's not a negative either, as long as she manages it properly and makes those payments on time. Yeah, I mean, I think exactly. If you keep it six months to a year, you'll have some, you know, some impact on the scores that will help. Uh, but otherwise, I think it sounds like she's doing the right things anyway. Uh, it's just a matter of consistency, really, with credit scores. So, Rod, if 
somebody is new to credit, like this person's little sister, what are some of the benefits of having good credit that you think most people aren't aware of? I mean, obviously, good credit is going to help you get a loan. It's going to help you get a credit card. But what are some other things that a good credit score will benefit your financial life overall? Yeah, and a lot of ways that people don't think about. One other thing I would say back to uh, your listener she might try Experian Boost. Add those cell phone payments, add those utility payments, uh, add her rent payments. Talk to her, her landlord and have her positive rent payments added. Those can help build your score as well. Uh, so, you know, check that out. Uh, but with regard to how credit reports and scores are used, they're used in ways that people often don't think about. If you are applying for a new lease, you're going to check your credit history. If you are applying for new utility service, they're probably going to check your credit history, and that can help determine the deposits you make on that lease or the, that utility service and getting connected so it can save you money. If you want the latest, greatest cell phone, that cell phone company is going to check your credit report and tell you either you can have the phone at the advertised rate or you get to pay a bigger down payment or a bigger deposit. Uh, so those kinds of things people don't often think about. Uh, when you buy that new car and you apply for new insurance, the insurance company may check your credit history and an insurance score, which is different than the scores lenders get, but it's a score used to help predict whether you'll be able to make those premium payments on time for the insurance or the likelihood you'll make a claim. So it's a risk management tool. People often don't think about that. If you're applying for a new job, if you're managing the company's money, they might get a limited version of your credit report. They never, ever get credit scores. Employers never get credit scores. That's important to understand. But they may check your credit report uh, because if you're managing your finance as well, you'll probably manage the company's finance as well, too. So number of different uh, reasons. Uh, if you're thinking about uh, if you serve in uh, the military or you need a security clearance because of a position you're in, they'll check your credit history as well. Uh, and you know, so lots of places that credit reports are used that aren't directly related necessarily to um, you're making, getting a loan or a credit card. Yeah, even as a freelancer, I have a client, a new client that I'm working with who is doing a background check. And part of that is checking credit. So, you know, even if you're not an employee, this is something that can definitely affect you. Um, home, homeowners, too. This is something that uh, most home insurance companies are getting on board with. It's been kind of standard with auto insurance companies, but home insurers, renters insurers, condo insurers in states that allow it, they can also check your credit. And and that's the majority of states. There are about three states that prohibit credit uh, in in, uh, the insurance rating world. But for the vast majority of states out there, it can definitely be a factor. It can't be the only factor they look at, but but they can certainly make it a big factor if they want to. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's about your financial standing. For most insurance companies, when they check that report and score, they're looking at your ability when you first apply for their service to to make that premium payment on time, which is easy to understand. You know, it's a it is a financial obligation, and I can easily kind of come to grips with that. Um, the really smart people have studied things like how credit report and credit histories relate to whether or not a person will make a claim, and they've made really strong correlations there. So it's a risk management tool. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it helps actually most of us save money because it 
requires that people who are making those claims and, and are not making their payments, the premium payments on time, pay more of that cost. So it not get us and get passed on to us. So, you know, it's a, it's a tool that helps actually save money for the majority of, of consumers. Rod, talk a little bit about medical debt. Uh, there have been some changes there about how that can be reported that is definitely favorable to consumers. What do we need to know about that? Yeah, so medical debt is treated differently now. The credit bureaus will hold that medical collection for six months before we make it part of the credit report. That helps ensure that that medical collection is really a collection account and not the result of a billing error or an insurance dispute, something that, as we know how complicated medical uh, billing is, it's something that you as a consumer owe and not that's going to be resolved before. So that's the first issue. It won't appear in your credit report right away. The other thing that's being done is that if you pay a medical collection account in full, the new credit scoring systems will ignore them. They won't count them in the, in the calculation. So if you can pay a medical collection, it won't affect credit scores anymore in the newest systems. The older scores will have less effect than a, an unpaid collection. So we're, we're really helping the consumer by reducing the impact that those medical collections have uh, on financial decisions. That's such an important change because so many people are in medical debt due to circumstances that they cannot control. Uh, So, you know, it really is a a nice feature to be able to give the consumer a little breathing room where the medical debt is concerned. Because as you mentioned, the billing uh, system is so complex and you may literally, and I've had this happen, you get a bill that is just absolutely wrong, you know, and while you're trying to dispute it, months and months can go by. And so if there wasn't that breathing room, that would be probably going off to a collection company and showing up as a negative item on your credit report. You know, I think at Experian, that's a huge focus for us is how do we incorporate people into that process more and give people more control and more choice and ability to influence their credit histories and credit scores in ways that are beneficial to everyone. Uh, We want to make sure that people have more visibility. We want people to get their credit reports. We want people to dispute information if they believe it's inaccurate because it helps us ensure we're providing a tool for them. Uh, and in the end, that's what it's about. No, I, you know, I always tell people that credit report and that credit score should not be a mysterious thing that when you walk into the bank, the bank walks goes somewhere in the back and, and says, we're going to check your credit now and you have no idea what happens. When you walk into a lender, you should know what they're going to see in your credit history. You should know that your credit scores are going to be solid and get the credit you need. You should have confidence. It shouldn't be a mystery. That credit report and that credit score should be a financial tool, not a financial problem or a financial barrier. And Experian understands the best way to help do that is to include people in that process and make it easier for them. So that's what we're trying to do. Fantastic. Rod, thank you again for joining me on the show. It was great to chat with you again. Laura, always great to talk and hope to see you soon. Thank you so much. Again, a big thank you to Rod for being on the show. And thanks to all of you podcast listeners for downloading this episode. If you set a resolution to raise your credit scores or to get out of debt this year, 
I want to help you get the knowledge and motivation to accomplish those key goals. I'm offering a huge summer special discount of 85% off for podcast listeners who enroll in one of my online classes before June 21st. Right now, you can enroll in my popular debt course. It's called Get Out of Debt Fast, a proven plan to stay debt-free forever, or enroll in my credit course called Build Better Credit, the ultimate credit score repair guide. Don't wait. To get the discount code, all you have to do is send me a text. Text the phrase SUMMER MONEY with no space, S-U-M-M-E-R-M-O-N-E-Y. Send that to the number 33444. I hope you'll join hundreds of folks who have taken these classes and are now getting out of debt, building excellent credit scores, and living healthier financial lives. But please don't wait. This discount is only available until June 21st. Have you got a money question, feedback about the show, or ideas for future episodes? Well, I would love to hear them. Visit my contact page at lauradadams.com or feel free to leave a voicemail message 24-7 at 302-364-0308. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, QDT would love for you to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That's a super easy, free way to give back, show your support, and help new listeners find us. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. (laughs) 